Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca Podcast episode. I am your host, Nathan Holritz, and uh, this is actually a special edition episode of the Boca Podcast. We are joined for a second time. Well, first of all, it's a special edition just because Ashley Hammond is here for a second time, um, a la episode 118. Ashley, thanks for hanging out with us again. My pleasure. And we're actually doing a really fun thing. Um, we're doing li- what I'm con- calling live brand position consultations. We talk a lot about brand position on the Boca podcast, and we usually spend you know maybe five minutes talking about it, if that. We're actually dedicating individual episodes to this topic of brand position. And more specifically, um, there have been certain photographers that have said, yeah, you know what? I'd love to, to join in a conversation about brand position and get your help kind of refining my brand position or even establishing a brand position for my business. And so we're going to have some of these conversations. And Ashley, you're one of the first. So I really appreciate you being willing to to do this. And it's kind of experimental in nature. Um, but I, love it. I, I, I really appreciate the fact that, um, that we're going to be able to share with everybody listening in, not only the significance of brand position, but also the process of potentially coming up with one. And ultimately, I, in fact, I said this to Ashley before we started, this is meant to be a conversation. It may just be a starting place. We may not land on an exact brand position by the end of the conversation, but um, I want everybody to be aware of what this process looks like. And uh, hopefully there will be value for everyone involved. So uh, without further ado, though, Ashley, I know that some of our listeners probably didn't get to hear your first episode. It's been how long ago has it been now? Oh, man, maybe maybe two years, two years. Yeah. Episode 118. And uh, this is going to be something like episode 350 or so. So it's it's been quite some time. But bring us up to speed a little bit. What's business been like for you in the last couple of years? It has been quite the ride. So two years ago, I was on the podcast talking about my switch to mirrorless. Yeah, I'm still going strong on my Fuji's and I now have a bunch of Godox lighting gear that I'm in love with. Nice. So things are going great with that. At the time when we last talked, I was, I had pulled out of my studio space because it was so small and I couldn't take it anymore. Okay. Um, And so I was on the hunt. So for the last two years, I was looking for a new studio space and this past October, I finally got into my dream space. It's literally off my vision board. <laughs> really? How so? Like what yeah. makes it your dream space? It's ginormous. It <laughs> is like 3,000 square feet. Whoa. The ceilings are like 15 feet. There's huge windows, transom windows, light everywhere. It is beautiful. Uh, it is an old cigar factory boarding house here in Tampa. No way. So it's like a hundred year old building. It's got all this exposed brick, white walls. Um, it's incredible. So um, I was really lucky to ha- be approached to join the space. There's two other photographers that are in there currently because it's so huge. Like we have to share it for sure. 
Um, so I got in there in October and it's been fantastic. I was finally able to do really cool editorial holiday mini sessions. I've been able to do more commercial and branding work. Um, I'm just really loving it. Congratulations. That's really, really cool. I'm so curious to see pictures. Have you posted any on Instagram? Yes. Yes. And I have, um, added on my website, a bunch of places, (laughs) new studio who dis. Okay. Uh, I did a whole like blog post on it. Um, Joe, my fiance did a cool, quick little video of the space so you could see just how large it is. Oh, awesome. So yeah, it's definitely all up there. Okay, cool. Well, we'll we'll link to that in the show notes for everybody listening. And if you just go to bocapodcast.com, of course, the show notes for each episode are there. You can also find them in your podcast player. And uh, you mentioned Joe, uh, when are you all getting married? This is coming up pretty soon, right? Nathan, we're not ready. (laughs) 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 We we are, but like it's home stretch and it is crunch time for sure. Yeah. Six weeks, six weeks, we're going to be married. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. you. Do you have an exciting honeymoon plan? Like you're going to go somewhere far, far away? Well, we, we had lots of ideas. So we were going to go to New Zealand. We were going to Japan. We were going to go to Switzerland, but then we're exhausted planning this wedding. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, our main priority is to ski and Joe snowboards. So, um, we decided to go to park city in Utah. Cool. Uh, We're going to go for 10 days and we're just going to park our butts in a hot tub and ski maybe four days out of those 10. That's so I perfect. cannot wait. <laughs> that is, that really is perfect. Yeah. I, I had the chance to go with my girlfriend to, to Mexico. It's been I don't know, like, I don't know, six weeks ago or something like that, but just taking a few days away and getting away and just kind of yeah. stopping being in the quiet. Um, in that case, of course, a little different environment. You're on the beach, but just getting to, to be, um, mm-hmm. is, it's just a really nice break amongst the craziness of running businesses and, and doing life. So that's really cool. And, and congratulations yeah. to you both. I'm really excited both for your upcoming wedding, but then also your new studio. Sounds like a lot of great things happening when it all, rains, of <laughs> all at once. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you mentioned going wa- or mirrorless rather with your camera. We'll link to that episode, episode 118 in the show notes for everybody who's curious, wants to get Ash- get to know Ashley a little bit better too. You can do that in episode 118. But um, let's, let's go ahead and jump into this because it's such a loaded topic and so many different mm-hmm. directions that we're going to go. For everybody listening in, if you're a regular listener, you're probably familiar with this concept of brand position. Very simply, it's the value proposition that you are offering to your local market that you are serving as a photographer. And hopefully that value proposition is a unique one. We're going to talk more about that here in just a little bit. Brand position is not, and I want to be clear about this, as much as we talk about it on the podcast, it's not an end-all be-all. It's it's one piece of the puzzle when it comes to marketing, but it does have a few benefits. One is it does simplify marketing efforts. If we have, and this is something that I actually noticed, Ashley, as I was looking through kind of scanning your local competition there, mm. you, you notice some photographers either don't have a brand position at all. In some cases, they may have a singular brand position. That was almost the exception to the rule. Mm. Um, and then others mentioned multiple positions or specialties. And then that just kind of naturally leads to confusion. When you have a a singular, simple, concise, easy to understand brand position, it also kind of brings focus to your marketing efforts because you're not having to juggle or manage multiple messages at the same time. So everybody, everybody listening in, if you're like, well, what's, why does this even matter? This idea of brand position, that's one of the reasons it simplifies marketing efforts too. It focuses the time you're spending on your business because 
Now you know exactly what it is that you're trying to build as a brand so you can spend your time accordingly. Kind of acts like a filter. You get rid of all the other stuff that's irrelevant uh, to building this very specific brand. It also acts as a filter for clients that aren't relevant to that brand. If the message is really specific and it's very clear, then you're going to naturally... Um, and of course, this is not meant to be a negative thing, but you're going to kind of push away or filter out those clients that don't fit your brand and what specifically it is that you're offering. And so those are the some of the primary benefits of establishing a clear brand position. Um, I, I want to give a little bit of context, though, to our listeners, too, and, and for that matter, to myself. Talk to me a little bit about first how long you've been in business and then also what market you're currently based in. So I'm so excited about this topic because it's what I'm tackling most in 2020. Cool. Clarity, focus, all of that stuff. I've been in business just about eight years now. I started at the end of 2012 and I'm in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. Awesome. Okay. And that's a pretty loaded market. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I have to give you major props. And I'm so curious because I did a search for wedding photographer Tampa actually to just compare you with your competition. And you're on the first page there. results. It was really impressive. Um, I, I just a few spots down, but it's so tough, especially in a bigger market to get on the first page. Did you do anything in particular to get to that place? I well, all I can contribute to is just consistency in adding to my website. Okay. Um, I've never done any AdWords or anything specific like that. I've always wanted to. I just have never figured it out <laughs> or you know put any uh, real time and effort into it. But what I found is that if I constantly or at least consistently update my website with new portfolio images, blogging, um, you know, putting in the keywords where they go, renaming my files, anything that goes up onto the website, I put keywords into uh, just having that constant sort of updating of the website has yeah. just organically made me rank higher. So uh, I, I focused in on some keywords like Tampa wedding photographer. So I think it really is working. Well, apparently, um, because there yeah. you were, and I, I was, I was kind of excited for you when I saw that. Um, it, it's it could be a tough thing to do, and yeah. again, especially in a market as big as Tampa is. But what do you currently tell your potential clients? What type of photography do you tell your potential clients that you specialize in currently? This is such a great question. So I specialize in vibrant wedding engagement, maternity, and branding portraiture. So it's a lot. So I feel very chaotic. I feel like I do a lot of things and I'm very much looking forward to clarifying my position and my purpose, my why, all of that stuff. And to have a more simple way to answer that question, Um, because I do like a lot of different kinds of photography. Um, It does center around portraiture and it does it is led by a colorful aesthetic and emotive energy. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult to put into one sentence, um, but I would really like to. Well, and I have to say, I mean, as much as I'm going to be asking you questions to get context so that hopefully I can help steer you in the right direction. I, I think we even alluded to the fact in our original interview in episode 118 about the color. I mean, you are, you talk about vibrancy and your, your site kind of screams that in the, in the most wonderful <laughs> way. I, I love how that really pushes or comes through um, in the user experience on the website. So I definitely think it's a theme that we, we might be able to run with. But you said wedding photography, engagement photography, and what were the other two? Maternity and branding. Maternity and branding. Okay, I'm literally taking notes here as, <laughs> as we're talking. So basically what I don't do are events outside of wedding, babies, families. Um, I've only done families for like mini sessions uh, for repeat clients, like you know, when my couples start growing their families, that kind of thing. But I definitely am not looking to be in that space. 
Okay. So, and the other thing I noticed too, I think from episode 118, you actually shared a similar position statement. It was a boutique wedding and portrait photographer based in Tampa, telling vibrant stories about who and what you love. So you at least spoke to wedding and portraits there. And then mm-hmm. I noticed on the meta description on your, your website, you say, I love creative, vibrant, and fun weddings. And then in another place, I would describe my photography style as vibrant, sophisticated, saturated, and fun. Um, saturated is kind of a fun word to play with too. And then mm-hmm. on Instagram, you said you're a creative wedding and portrait photographer in Tampa. And I actually saw that word in more than one place. What was the significance of the word creative? That's a great question. I think it is a, like the non-traditional nature of what I'm drawn to and what okay. I like to make. Okay. Um, creative and f- as far as maybe posing or colors or just outside of the box, non-traditional kind of thing. That's the way I'm using it. And I'm realizing, wow, it is different on all the different platforms and it is not clear. (laughs) Okay. And that's totally fine. I just want to get a little bit Mm -hmm. of context. Um, Now you specified wedding engagement, maternity and branding photography, and that's what you would communicate to your clients. that, That that's the service that you say that you would offer. What would you say makes your photography brand unique to your local market. And, and if you, this can just be totally free form, uh, just whatever comes to mind. I mean, especially when you think about the photographers around you, is there something that you feel about your brand that really sticks out in comparison to the rest? I think my color, my colorful aesthetic really sets me apart. I think a lot of people in my market are very timeless and very airy and bright. Okay. And I definitely stand out as the colorful photographer. Interesting. Um, I also think that my use of off-camera flash and my knowledge of off-camera flash has really set me apart and made me unique in this market. I actually am often approached by my peers uh, for you know mentoring for this, to learn how to use off-camera lighting. Um, I actually did a workshop with some peers last uh, two summers ago, and we're actually now working on launching online education idea for our our workshop. We're going to put it online as courses. So we're recording everything right now to be teaching people off camera lighting. Um, We're going to start with the basics, go into intermediate, you know, into an advanced. Um, So I think that's really something that sets me apart. You know, I work with a lot of planners that know that I'm the go-to person if their ceremony is in the dark or if it's a winter wedding and we have to work around the sun setting so early, like they know that I'm good in low light because I can bring my light. Interesting. Wow. Okay. And that's impressive because in most cases, I wouldn't assume that a a wedding coordinator would notice that technical aptitude. They're going to look at an image and say, oh, wow, Ashley captures beautiful images and make the recommendation to a client. But noticing specifically that you're able to handle those dark, darker scenarios is, is impressive. Um, yeah. I, I will say just for the sake of everybody listening in, I mean, this is an interesting strength, obviously that you bring to the picture and it's a, a significant, a significant asset when it comes to education for photographers. If you're going to launch an education portion of your brand, teaching off camera light is, is a great opportunity to do just that. If we're talking about, and, and this is more to give context for everybody listening in, if we're talking about the significance of off-camera light to clients, most clients aren't going to notice. They They don't pay attention to the technical Mm -hmm. side of things the way that we do. And so as I'm making notes here, and again, Ashley, I know you realize that, but as I'm making notes here, I'm just, I want to comment on this for the sake of everybody listening in, because Mm -hmm. they're going to be thinking through this process of how to establish a brand position, what, what message to pick from or to choose what direction to go. And just for the sake of clarity, 
Um, I think it's important to note for everybody listening in that you should focus less on the technical side of photography. That's important to us. It's important mm-hmm. to other photographers, but it's not as important to the client. What we need to do is focus on a message that is going to resonate with a potential client. If you're a photographer of photographers, it might be a different conversation. But in this case, it's going to, I'm still leaning more the direction. I mean, you talk about the significance of color and vibrancy and saturation. Um, I think there's really something that we can play with there, but we'll, we'll keep going. So what would you say currently are your top strengths as an individual? Um, and, and this could be in your personal life, in your professional life, maybe things that Joe has said about you or your family or <laughs> friends have said about you, but what would you say are those main strengths? I think my strengths are definitely my determination. I'm very self-reliant um, and I have a willingness to fail. I often jump into things feet first. Uh, I often start before I'm ready. Uh, and it's really allowed me to learn a lot. I'm very adaptable. I love to experiment and very flexible. Um, I take on a lot of responsibility. I really am the one that's pushing myself to be better. Wow. Always. Mm-hmm. And where does, where does that kind of determination and openness to growth come from? Uh, I'm not sure. I've been doing a lot of fun self-discovery stuff in the last year or so journaling and okay. uh, lots of reading uh, I'm the oldest of three okay so I think there's some birth order things to go to at play there and I also found out that I'm an Enneagram seven okay uh, so I very much uh, identify who I am with what I can achieve so what I do and what I have and what I have accomplished really is my identity and so I think that has really driven me to do so much uh, and so now I'm actually in a position where I want to be better at being (laughs) and not just doing. And I want to have some more clarity with what my purpose is and be able to communicate that. Uh, And so it doesn't feel so, so high energy that it's frenetic (laughs) and chaotic. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because I feel feel like I can easily go that way. Yes. Like I can easily go, I can do too much. And so I'm very interested in, in focus this year and clarity is like my word for 2020. Yeah. Huh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So do you, how does this translate like on a, on a day-to-day basis? Because I would say that most photographers, and I know we're kind of taking a tangent here uh, or going on a tangent here, but I'm, I'm curious because I think this is relevant to everybody. And I'm curious uh, for myself, actually, when you, how do you balance the doing versus the being? Because I think a lot of times we tend to fall into the trap of just being. It's easy to consume, you know, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or reading books or audio books. Like it sounds good to say, hey, I'm, I'm quote, learning or I'm, I'm reading mm-hmm. books this year and I'm, I'm learning about all these various topics and I'm uh, learning from these speakers and going to these workshops. But at the end of the day, if we're not doing something with that information, I, in my mind, very simply, I think, what's the point? Um, Mm -hmm. so, because I think personally, anyway, I've read probably there've been maybe six to eight, even 10 books that I've read over my lifetime that if I just focused on implementing those principles Mm -hmm. and actually doing them (laughs) consistently, I would be golden. Um, Right. (laughs) so how do you, how do you, I guess, balance doing with being when most of society seems to be just kind of or or comfortable just being you're you're saying you're actually trying to get back to just being yeah so I think I've from my perspective it's very much the opposite Uh, and I think in our culture right now everything is tied to productivity Uh, I don't think we have any hobbies anymore Mm. (laughs) I think everyone has a side hustle like everyone's passion they're asking a paycheck from it so I think it's very difficult to separate yourself from productivity doing mindset Hmm. into just being 
for me, that really takes a toll because I will work around the clock. I will work seven days a week. And that's just, that's not healthy. You know, you can flirt with burnout really quickly. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and I think like maybe four years ago or so, I finally carved out Sundays as my like day off. Um, and now that I've had that for a while and now that I'm, you know, about to be married and, you know, priorities are changing and shifting, like I, I want more time, you know, one day off a week is not enough, you know. Mm. I want to be able to be off in the evenings and not feel guilty that there's always something that could be getting done. I want to be more proactive instead of reactive, more intentional. So I want to say, okay, within my 52 weeks a year, this is what I want to do with, this is what I want to accomplish. This is who I want to work with. This is how much time I want to be off and with my family. These are the things that are important to me and then actually do them so that I'm not just like, well, I should take a day off because it's been too long and then not be able to take that day off fully because I'm guilty about what I should be doing. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So I think having just better boundaries to create a balance for myself is what I'm looking for and just better self-care practices. So I started exercising this year for the wedding, <laughs> but now that I've actually built a habit, I love it so much. And I really want to keep it sacred and I want to be able to have that time for myself. Yeah. And even though it is a doing activity, I, I love that it's for me. It does not matter. I'm not going to earn more or less or, you know, attract a certain client or whatever by doing my workout. It's just for me. So I really do love that. Uh, and journaling and things like that, really trying to figure out why I'm feeling a certain way and to actually go through those emotions and and figure out how I can turn it around into an intention and not just processing a reaction. Hmm. Yeah, there is something about the workout that can be quite meditative in nature. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it is a very personal thing too. I mean, I, I this morning I got up at 5.30 and I went to the gym and I got a, a good hard cardio workout in or a, a decent, uh, I kind of vary the intensity of, of cardio workouts from day to day depending. But then I after that, I got in the sauna and sat in the sauna for 20 minutes or so. Um, oh, it sounds lovely. Oh, and it's it really is so good. So you get this hard workout and it's very invigorating and um, of course multiple benefits there, but then getting in the sauna and that can be beneficial as well on a physiological level, but it's also been good for me because I don't, I'm amazed actually, I see people bring their, their phones in um, oh my and earbuds and they're in there, the music's playing loud and I'm like, oh man, I just, what? I'd be in here in the quiet. But for me, it's been a really great place to to think, to meditate, to just be, despite the fact that it's 190 yeah. degrees. Um, yes. <laughs> and it, it's been a really, it's, it's a good discipline in that sense as well, but it's been really wonderful. And so I know yeah. what you mean when, when you talk about the benefit, it, it can be a hard work getting that ball rolling initially, but mm -hmm. the, the benefits that you reap from that as a result can be amazing. Yeah. I think what really has been a light bulb for me is like, it's never all going to get done. That's just mm. life. It's never, we're never going to get it all done. Yeah. And so if I start my day and I'd at least do something for myself and I got that done, then it doesn't matter at, at the end of the day, like, okay, well not everything got done, but you know what? I got my workout in I'm working towards that goal. Like that is something that I prioritized and I did it and I can feel good about it. So it doesn't, whenever something like doesn't get done or feels behind, it doesn't feel as heavy because I was able to accomplish this other thing. Whereas days where I would feel like, oh, I worked 12 hours and it's still not done or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. And I didn't get my workout on and I didn't take care of myself. And, you know, then you just start to pile it on. So I think that was a really awesome turning point for me in this creating this habit is like, wow, I can have 
pride and reassurance knowing that, okay, well, at least I did this. And it was for me and it didn't have anything to do with my productivity or my career. That was just for Ashley. And I can feel good about that. Huh. That's really, really cool. Yeah. I, it, there is a, I know for, for those listening in, if, if this concept of working out and doing so early in the morning or whatever time of day mm-hmm. it is, it seems a bit overwhelming or disconcerting even. Um, there is something that I, actually you seem to be kind of alluding to um, that comes along with working out, which is, uh, or really working out well, which is consistency mm-hmm. and showing up consistently. It, it not only has, of course, many physiological benefits, but the mental benefits, the the confidence that you ultimately yes. develop as a result, not just because of whatever may be happening to my my physique, but ultimately because I know that I'm actually following through on this thing that I've committed to and I'm doing so, I'm showing up day after day after day after day. That can be really invigorating in and of itself as well. And it can kind of That's set the, the tone as well mm-hmm. for the way that we then approach work. What are your thoughts about consistency in that realm? Absolutely. And uh, consistency is what I'm striving for most, especially in my business. I think being able to consistently show up for a promise that I made to myself and hold that really helps me keep perspective in the business because the business is serving others. And so I think you can get really tied up in being overwhelmed and always serving others. And it can turn, it can turn into a negative Hmm. beast, you know? And so I think when you, when, now that I have cultivated this better habit and I have this sort of, that's what meditation does as well. It kind of separates you from thoughts and feelings so that you're not identified with them, that you can see them for what they are and you can work with them. So I think creating that space for myself to be able to say, no, I take care of myself. Like, you know, first, like I take care of my family. Like the reason I have this business is to help others and also help myself. Like it keeps that perspective of knowing is this a right, the right client or the right product to be doing? Is this actually towards my goals or not? You know, I think it's been so helpful and keeping the perspective, keeping the consistency and understanding that as long as I do a little bit every day, it's going to get to where I want yeah. it to go. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's where it's at. And, mm-hmm. and it, I, I love that we followed that tangent because these are really important talking yeah, points as, as entrepreneurs, as human beings. Uh, but interestingly enough, this idea of consistency holds a really important place in the conversation about brand position as well. The message that we present to a potential client needs to be not only consistent across the board in all platforms, but it also needs to be consistently easy to understand because we also, we also know that words mean different things to different people. And so we have to make sure that we don't confuse the process, that we keep it simple, that we keep it consistent across the board. And we'll talk more about what that might look like here in just a little bit, but talk to me about what drives you being a business owner. You, You alluded to this earlier, actually the why behind what you do what are the top, say, one to three reasons why you started and run a photography business? I think it is my independence and self-reliance. I really wanted to work for myself okay. and I value freedom and flexibility. I was really attracted to being able to manage my own time. Um, it turns out I'm not very good at it, but <laughs> <laughs> it can be a challenge uh, for sure. Right. But I love that it is ultimately every like my success and failure is up to me. And I really enjoy that. Um, I love being responsible for every aspect and owning my own success. Independence has been such a big draw um, because I knew I wanted to spend my time being creative and being able to call my own shots and be creative. Like that's just awesome. Uh, Photography is really the only art form that I've ever practiced that I could have ever imagined 
like asking a paycheck from. Mm. Uh, that's such a great blend of science and technology, being able to create and just to make people happy with it. It's just so cool. Like I love ceramics and painting and I love art, but there's something magic about photography and the connection with portraiture, you know, and working with other people and being able to give them something so I, magical, <laughs> yeah. the best word I have, that really just makes me love it. And I, and it's, I'm trying now to be- balance my independent self-starter tendencies uh, with growing a team and trusting other people with my vision and being able to provide a better service because I have help. Wow. So that's what I'm really trying to figure out is how can I be very clear in my purpose and what I'm, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And then how can I have, how can I help other people by allowing them to help me <laughs> and then in turn just do my job better? Um, I'd really like to be able to just do what I'm really good at and be thinking about the intentional big picture of where I want this ship to go and not be bogged down with the day to day and feel like I never get a chance to do that Hmm. or, you know, take away the things that I'm just not that great at. You know, Um, I have a CPA, I have a lawyer, things like that. But I think there's even more things that I can delegate and that I should delegate if I ever want to reach more people, if I ever want to really figure out, I think it's going to be a continuing process of clarifying that purpose. Um, And I'm excited to, to, to branch out and to really practice trusting other people and collaborating. And I think I've had enough now. It's been eight years as a solopreneur and I'm trying to figure out what that next level and what that scale looks like for me uniquely so that I'm not just, I'm hiring associates or doing that kind of thing. Like I'm trying to figure out how I want to grow um, so that I can support myself and create value. If I can create jobs for other people that are creative and independent and rewarding to them, I mean, that would be I would feel very accomplished if I could do that. Oh, my word. Yeah. Well, okay. So this, this process of delegation or learning how to delegate, that can definitely be challenging. And we could probably, in fact, maybe we can have you back on again at some point. We can dig into that topic because it would be interesting to share with our listeners what you're learning about that process. I've honestly been in a phase in the last six months or so in particular of also learning how to do that more effectively. Um, it, it's always a challenge at the end of the day, I think, to, to remember that the the person that you're looking at virtually or in person that you're emailing, texting or otherwise, that they they don't their mind doesn't process things the exact same way that you do. So you can't expect to say something and they know exactly what you're talking about. Um, if you if you haven't learned how to communicate effectively with that person or with those people. And, um, and in order to communicate ideas effectively, you have to be really clear about those ideas yourself. Um, and that's a, that's a challenge in and of itself. So yeah, that's a loaded topic. Maybe we can come back to that at some point, but, but I'm curious though, what, what is your, I guess, where does this, this drive come from to take responsibility for your success? Because again, this tends to overwhelm a lot of people, myself included at times, in some ways it can be invigorating. And and sometimes you're like, oh man, like it's just, it's overwhelming to think about the fact that if I make the wrong call and make the wrong choice, things are going to go south and that can affect my finances, that can affect my relationships. Mm -hmm. Where does that, that energy come from? I'm not sure probably childhood experiences and family dynamics, things like that. Okay. Uh, my younger sister is mentally handicapped. And uh, in 2017, she was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Um, right now she is cancer free. She's doing fantastic. Wow. And I had a, a younger brother. He's almost seven years younger. And I just always felt like the 
caretaker of the family. Hmm. Um, So I always took on that responsibility of getting my homework done, but also like doing the laundry and cooking dinner and and being there for everyone and trying to be a good sister, all that kind of stuff. And when it comes to my business, I feel like if there's anything that I want to do or I want to provide, like if I want to take my sister to Disney World, like I don't want money to be in the way of that. Like Mm. if I want to have an experience or I want to have like a a lifestyle or an ability to do something, like I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out how to do it. And I do not want to be beholden to anyone else to, in order to make a decision. Wow. So like, um, I think maybe it goes back to like growing up, like we always had a great house, you know, the newest technology, but if I wanted to go on a field trip, it would be like, Oh, well we don't have 20 bucks to give you for that or whatever. And I always felt like, what? Like, excuse me. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> so now I this I feel like that's like this knee jerk thing in my, my, in myself now where it's like, Oh, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Like, I will figure it out, you know? So I just have this constant, like, I will figure it out. I am actively figuring it out. (laughs) I'm going to try. I'm going to keep doing it. And I don't necessarily have like a fear of failure. Like I don't have an overwhelming sense of like my business is going to crash into the ground tomorrow. I think I've grown past that because that was definitely something I worried about in the beginning. But now it's like, I feel like I'm a failure if I cannot grow it. I feel like I'm a failure and crash into the ground if I can't get to whatever this next level is supposed to be, hmm. you know, like, cause I, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, I can't sustain it because I don't get enough time off and I don't feel like I'm giving enough value. So how can I break through that? How can I build a team? How can I clarify what I do? How can I just do what I do best more? How can I do those things? And I feel like if I cannot figure that out, then that's where the overwhelm comes from. Oh, that totally makes sense. But I I, yeah. I mean, I have to, and again, that's a, it's such a loaded topic we could spend a lot of time on. Yeah. I have to at least give you props and recognition for the fact that you're taking a much more proactive approach to life than, than I see and hear a lot of other people taking, um, you know, rather than just saying this is happening to me and then kind of sitting on the couch and hoping it gets better. You're like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, it, it's overwhelming. It's, it creates some sense of fear in some cases, but I'm going to, I'm going to make this thing happen. I'm going to create this life for myself and yes. I've just got to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah. Um, and I think I can go down the rabbit hole of doing too much and then not really s- sitting back to make a good decision, you know, or have that intentional factor where it's just like, no, if I just keep doing, 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 then uh, it'll be good. And then, so I'm trying to learn how to balance that out and say, it doesn't always take all the action. I need to actually calculate and take better action, not necessarily right or wrong, but maybe I need to have some help. Maybe I need to consult someone, you know, maybe, maybe I need to like one thing at a time, you know, and not all at once. So that's the shift that I'm trying to make. Wow. Well, it it sounds like you're going through a, a, like almost a transition phase at this point. And, And it's interesting to hear your perspective on all of this. You mentioned, you, you alluded to some of the things that you enjoy about photography, but just specifically, if you were to list, like say your top three favorite things about being a photographer, you mentioned why you run a business, but more specifically photography, what do you just love about photography? I love interacting with people. I mm. really love being able to hold on to moments and it's so hard to put into words. And I know that this is the work that I need to be doing to find that clarity. I love interacting with people. I love to really comment on 
celebrations like or milestones or things like that. Like, hmm. so my tag of, you know, I want to communicate who and what you love was an a, attempt to marry together the wedding and commercial because I very much care about what you care about. So if you're in love and you're getting married, I want to be a part of that. And I want to showcase that for you. I want to archive that for you. I want to highlight it. I want you to revel in that. And then I get to be there too, which is really cool. And then for your branding, I really love that. I love working with other like-minded entrepreneurs that are very passionate about what they do and help them to show who they are and what they do. And so it's it's very hard, difficult to put into words, but I feel like that's the key. I got to figure out what those words are. Oh, sure. Yeah. But you, you mentioned two bigger ideas. I guess one is the interaction with other people. And then the second one was capturing memories or significant moments. Is that right? Yeah. So I think it, it's uh, really holding on to positives and, and moments of celebration. Because, you know, I think if, you, if I circle back as a as a number seven enthusiast, you know, that kind of person, like I'm the hype girl, like I'm like so excited, like what's going on well in your life? Like, what are you figuring out? Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, that, that high energy kind of thing. And so I want to participate in that with other people. And I want to be able to provide such a valuable service of showcasing that for them, capturing it, being able to help other people really revel in those highs of life. Interesting. Okay. Revel in the highs of life. All right. I'm just, I'm taking notes here as we're talking. And you talked about that, that number seven Enneagram, the excitement that you have for people. It reminded me of a question that somebody asked. uh, I heard somebody ask just not too long ago. They said, what, what is great? You know, most people, they, they meet you. They're like, Hey, how's it going? How's business? Or just kind of a general, what's going on with you or what's going on in your life? This person said, what's, tell me what's good about being you. Ooh, I love that. Isn't that cool? That uh, is I, really cool. Oh, I mean, like it gives me goosebumps even, right? even saying it. I'm like, oh, Ooh, that, that's, but it, it's, there's something about somebody actually taking genuine interest in you. Uh, mm-hmm. That that question seems to suggest that that this person actually is interested in me and me doing well and actually mm-hmm. wants to get to know me beyond some surface level, you know, BS conversation that we seem to tend to kind of go toward in so many cases. I guess it's just what what feels easy or what we're comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, but I really love that. Yeah. I think I'm very future focused and I'm always just like, yeah, well, what's great? Like, what are you planning? What are you dreaming? What, why are you here? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, like I'm not yeah. interested in the past or even yesterday. I mean, I am in the sense of like nostalgia and like obviously like capturing someone's wedding day or moment, like being able to look back on that 10 years from now, like that's incredible. But I think what I, it's funny, the paradox, because what I'm thinking about in that moment is like, oh, that moment 10 years from now, when you look back at this, like I'm actually thinking about the future. <laughs> mm. So it's it's a very interesting. Well, I, I want to kind of contrast some of the messaging that you've been using and, and what you've just been sharing about yourself, about your interest in, in business and photography uh, with what I'm seeing in your market. And just to be clear up front, I'm not going to mention any photographers' names or business names, but I do want to to just mention some of the messaging that I'm seeing uh, because it's interesting to note. Now, I, I've pointed this out before. I maybe even said it actually at the beginning of our conversation today. A lot of photographers don't actually have a brand position to begin with. I mean, it, it, unfortunately, it's not something that we talk a lot about in the photography industry. And so they'll start a photography business, they'll try to come up with a cool name and a cool logo and put some pretty pictures up on the site. And they'll call themselves a wedding photographer or a portrait photographer 
or some combination of the above, or maybe they have a list of other things that they do as well. But it can become very confusing for a potential client who's browsing websites. They get to the homepage of your site, they land there, and they don't know what value you bring to their life. And Mm -hmm. so it is one of our biggest challenges in this conversation about brand position, certainly for us today, Ashley, but for everybody listening in, to make sure that we've clearly established a brand position and message that can easily be communicated in just a few words right there on the homepage the moment they land on that website. Otherwise, you're just going to seem like another photographer. Yeah, um, unless I mean, unless exactly met with you exactly. So mm-hmm. on that note, let me just kind of share some of the phrases um, that I noted, and, and I actually went through the first couple of Google search results, organic search results, when uh, under the terms wedding photography Tampa and then portrait photography Tampa. And I would say that about half actually had no brand position, maybe even a little bit more. Uh, But then here are some of the other phrases that came up. Affordable wedding photographers. On the contrast, premium Tampa wedding photography. There was on this one site, there was nothing really on the homepage. But then later on in some of the copy on actually on the about page, they said that they're about family and love. We live for real moments, emotion, fun, and capturing it all in a fresh and lighthearted style. And by the way, that is actually, I want to share this as an example for everybody listening in of copy that sounds pretty and it sounds nice, but this is an example of using the same copy that probably 20 other photographers in in that market potentially and somewhere on their website or on their blogs, they've used these exact same words or very similar words. And they're a bit arbitrary, a bit vague in nature. When everybody's saying the same thing, what does it actually mean? So you have to kind of exactly, con- and you got to. Cons- and I feel like I don't want to just add to that noise of like I love taking pictures and I love moments and I love <laughs> color and I love happiness and I love yeah. people. Like I like I. This is why I'm doing this podcast with you today. Like I need. How do I convey the deeper? part, you know, like what, what are those words? Well, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned the capturing moments phrase, because that's the one that oh, you see everywhere. so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is important that we create distinct copy in our site and more specifically brand position. Let me just continue to read some of these. Another site said wedding photography is about one thing, memories. Uh, another, another one said the finest photojournalistic photography uh, another one said, celebrate your moments stress-free. And that was kind of an interesting message because you can. there's a lot that you can do to play on that idea of minimizing mm-hmm. stress. Uh, there was another website, nothing really on their homepage. There was an allusion to being a fine art wedding photographer and copy mm-hmm. further down the page. So that's that could be a position in and of itself. Another one said, just Tampa wedding photographer and portrait photographer with a very elegant, another overused word, emblematic mm-hmm. and artistic style. Uh, And then under the portrait photography Tampa site, um, there was actually one site that popped up. It was honestly, it was a bit confusing. They said that they're Tampa's best headshot photography studio, but then they list six total specialties. So children portraits, family portraits, senior pictures, executive portraits, passport photos, corporate events, copy and restoration. And this is kind of an extreme example, but it's certainly an example of how it's so, so important to make sure that we focus in on one specialty or at least one singular message that encompasses the services that we offer again so that the person landing there doesn't get confused am am i coming to this business to get children's portraits or am i going to get family Mm -hmm. portraits Um, (laughs) there's so much noise out there and we need to do everything we possibly can to minimize that noise at least on our site 
and minimize the potential confusion. There was another one. I've never heard this used before, but they, they literally called it headshotology. And that was a word. Oh, I've seen this recently. Yeah. Very and, interesting. And then it says that subtext is the science, tech, and art of creating excellent headshots. <laughs> Kudos to them, at least for doing something unique. I definitely yes. not heard that word before. <laughs> and then another one that was a bit confusing. It said, we create images that wow. And that's kind of a phrase, again, that I think is kind of overused. Mm-hmm. Professional Tampa photographer, studio photographer in Tampa, specializing in headshots, boudoir, and glamour photography. And those are, you know, boudoir and glamour, I guess, could be kind of lumped together. But headshots, trying, headshots, to, no yeah, trying to make sense <laughs> of somebody who does headshots and boudoir photography, again, that, that creates confusion. And uh, by the way, I'm not bringing these up to, to um, put any of these these businesses down. What, I, what I'm no. trying to share are the examples of what works, what doesn't, and then also mm-hmm. help you consider, Ashley, what you're working against. Because ultimately, a brand position, and this is something we mentioned on the podcast before, but a brand position, when we're going to, to establish a business model and hopefully stand out in a particular market, what we want to do is see where the existing market is. And then ultimately go the opposite direction yeah. or, or at least create a, a position and a message that stands out because it's truly unique uh, from everybody else. And so that's part of the reason that we want to create this kind of awareness. Another one was Tampa portrait photography. Another was moments that last a lifetime. That's really not a position. That's more of just mm-hmm. a kind of a pretty phrase, but also along the lines of, of phrases that we've heard elsewhere uh, there were a number of websites that just simply didn't have a position. Another one, kind of an interesting direction that they were going. There was no bold headline statement about a brand position, but they said that they're a boutique makeover photography studio based in Tampa, Florida. And that's kind of an interesting direction to go. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about somebody who is like, you know what, I want to hit the reset button on my life. I want to makeover and I want to go to a, a photographer that's just going to make me look my best as I as I kind of branch out in this new direction in my life this is a person that I want to go see. And I, I thought that that was kind of an interesting direction. Yeah. Uh, photography with modern flair was another one. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of laugh at this one because I actually use with my, my photography business when I started back in 2001, we, we referenced the photography or the photographic service that we were offering as contemporary photography, um, which mm-hmm. is just kind of funny. It, it was yeah. it was an effort to create some distinction between ourselves and the very traditional style of photography in the Chattanooga market at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were calling it contemporary photography. Similar here, modern flair. We did modern's kind of vague, so is contemporary for that matter. Um, and so we need to make sure that we're using copy that is really, really specific, that isn't left up to whatever the person's perception of that word yeah. is, but that is very specific in nature. Another site said Tampa's most trusted photographer. And so they're speaking to the significance of trust, which is really important in hiring a photographer, providing superior marketing photography solutions for busy professionals, kind of went a different direction there. So a little bit confusing. And then there was another one where the messaging wasn't, or the copy wasn't very well done, but the message was very clear. And it said, you're a headshot handcrafted for you. And then a little bit further down the page, it said, headshots are my specialty. That is all I do. <laughs> and, nice. Um, it's, it wasn't like a, it wasn't pretty copy, but it certainly made it very <laughs> clear what their specialty was, yeah. which is great. Again, a lot of photographers just simply don't do that. So nonetheless, I, I wanted to, and actually I'll read this last one. This last one says award-winning wedding photography. Most clients, and you'll, I think this is something that maybe in some cases photographers have had to learn, especially veteran photographers over the yeah. years have had to learn the hard way, but most potential clients these days don't care if you've won awards. They don't even know what a photography award means. They don't know its significance. Yeah. They don't know its context. And you know, when, when we go 
to photography competitions and we win something, that's more for us as photographers than anything else. So touting that we've won awards to a potential clients, not going to make that big of an impact um, in 2020. Probably good to just leave that out as a potential <laughs> brand position yeah. or brand message. So this is what we're this is what we're kind of working with here, Ashley. Your your primary so called competition in your market. Does anything come to mind as you're hearing some of these phrases and how they contrast with where your brand currently stands? Yes. Yeah, so I know on my site I use like vibrant, sophisticated, and fun, and I think I've been using those words to try to highlight that I like emotive portraiture. I don't know if emotive portraiture would ring with anyone either though. And I definitely am guilty of, you know, saying modern and timeless and capturing moments and all of that stuff. So I think I'm right there with everyone pretty much right now. Um, And this has been on my mind of how I can restructure my website, which I've been working on forever, um, trying to redo the way that it displays um, to be more concise and then to incorporate the right copy and to really get my point across more than just visually. And so I'm looking for the right words. I'm not sh- I don't know. Well, don't know. I'm curious, are there, you, you spoke to words, the right words. Are there particular words that come to mind besides color, um, vibrant, saturated, are there any other words that come to mind with regards to your brand, what you're trying to accomplish with your brand, mm-hmm. what it means to you personally, what you're trying to, to do for your clients? Yeah, energetic comes to mind, experience, you know, having a positive, reassuring, you know, stress-free, I liked that one, organized uh, experience, especially as a bride right now, like it's been a really cool perspective to appreciate when other vendors are considerate of like timing and reply time and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm very hands-on. I like to create your timeline basically when I first talk to you, um, get things on your mind so that nothing is a surprise and you have plenty of time to plan, you know, your hair and makeup, your, your game plan, you know, are you thinking about the sunset? Are you thinking about the weather? You know, I really want to be an asset to whatever it is, whether it's your wedding or your brand photography. Like I want to bring the knowledge and experience that I have and the expertise that I have to help you to get you farther so that you don't feel like it's all on your shoulders or you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Like I want to be that partner with you and to help you Hmm. realize whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, whether it's your dream wedding or really effective portraits for your brand uh, that you are excited to use and that are going to get you your ideal client. Interesting. So I, just to kind of push back here, because this is a really interesting conversation, I, I think, especially in the context of trying to, to look at the existing market and then figuring out how to position yourself against that market. Do you think, I mean, in your mind, would it make sense to go that direction of focusing on helping the client have a, a better experience, helping them organize their day, manage their day more effectively um, if there is another photographer that's already talking about minimizing stress, or do you feel like there's a way yeah. that that you could say it differently if you wanted to go that direction? Number one, number two, do you would you does that message appeal to you more than the focus on this high energy, colorful brand that that seems to be very much you? Yeah, so I think you hit the nail on the head. Like I've already overcomplicated and tried to put a much bunch of things in there. And I really noticed about myself. I'm so excessive. Like my blog posts are like 300 images. You know, my every Instagram post is like a carousel of 10 images. Like everything I do is like too extreme. And I'm just so wanting to pare it down and have that clarity. So I think you're right. Like 
what does appeal to me and what does I feel like set me apart and what other people are not doing is that the color and the, the vibrancy, the energy. And so maybe figuring out right tag to get that across. Do you, when you say color, what percentage of the time do you deliver color images versus black and white? I would say probably 90% of the time. I like to include black and whites, but there always is a color complement. Hmm, so okay. what I usually do is within wedding or you know engagements, I will take my favorites, um, which is usually like maybe 80 for a wedding, um, maybe like 25, 50 for an engagement. And I'll do a copy of those in black and white, things that I think would look nice in black and white. So I'll do that. But I really am always looking for color. You are. I mean, I'm, I'm actually scrolling through your Instagram account here. And by the way, there's just beautiful, beautiful images in there. But Thank you. I would say it's probably more even closer to like 95, 98% color. Um, oh, yeah, especially for what I post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's definitely a theme there. Um, and, and I ask that because I'm just thinking about messaging here and, and how much to actually focus on on color. I wrote down a phrase um, here, capturing your memories in vibrant color, which mm. seemed to to kind of encompass what you were talking about, the significance of helping the client revel in individual moments, um, mm-hmm. while also speaking to the significance of that energy, that vibrancy that you were talking about earlier. And of course, the the reference to color is something that has been very consistent in our conversation now and actually probably in our, our first interview as well. And mm-hmm. it certainly comes through on your site. But w- what do you think about when you hear that phrase? I love it. And then I start to immediately fear for, well, what about the commercial stuff? What about all the other things I do? <laughs> How do I unify both wedding like moments versus branding and commercial and editorial. Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, this this is a conversation to itself, but it might beg the the conversation about more than one brand. Um, yes, because and if, I've considered that. And, and you know, especially if you're going to have um, associate photographers, uh, or if there's a possibility of having associate photographers, mm-hmm. a team that you're going to be working with, um, there might that might also help. or enable you ultimately to be able to even consider launching a secondary brand if you have a team that's helping you manage all of this. But um, if if a potential client is coming to you for wedding and portrait photography, I mean, Mm -hmm. your site is kind of already, it's really already leaning the direction of this message. I'm not seeing a lot of commercial work. Um, There's a little bit here. I I clicked on this link that says commercial. And and again, I mean, I'm just, I'm really impressed by your your photographic skills in of themselves. Really, really lovely stuff. But in my mind, the, the commercial work, the, the commercial portrait work could almost be its own thing. And yeah. and then that would free you up to be able to focus the messaging specifically for your commercial work and then mm-hmm. specifically for your wedding and portrait work. And and it might it might simplify things a little bit there as opposed to trying to encompass it at all. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a light bulb right now because uh, I was just telling you earlier, like I was almost late to this because I was giving a presentation on branding photography. And my site right now, like I've been wanting to change it so much because it doesn't highlight what I've actually been up to. Like that commercial, you know, portfolio page is not quite up to date, you know, and in my blog, it's a mix of my commercial work and weddings and stuff. And so I really do have it available to mostly couples and people looking for weddings and engagements, but I do find so much referral from word of mouth for all my commercial work. And I want Mm. to be able to showcase that. So I think giving myself the permission maybe to have it be separated so that I can focus in on each one. I think maybe that is really 
the what's going to unstick me <laughs> potentially yeah i mean specificity i know that there's always there are always exceptions to the rules right there are brands that kind of do it all i mean you look at a company like like amazon and they kind yeah. of i mean ultimately they are an online shopping hub so you could you could call it a singular focus in a sense but it's a very broad because they offer so many different products um mm -hmm. it's not like going to the gap where you know there are specific products that you're going to be able to purchase there. And then you have to go somewhere else to buy something else. You can go to Amazon, buy everything. Mm -hmm. um, so th there are always the exceptions to the worlds where you have these brands that ultimately don't specialize and they make it work for themselves. But when we're talking about a sole proprietorship yes. um, and in the busy market of photography, specificity is going to, and I alluded to this at the very beginning of the conversation, specificity is going to make our marketing efforts so much easier if in the client, when we talk about brand position, uh, I actually just finished a book called Positioning by Al Rise and Jack Trout. It's, it's an older Ooh. book, but it delves into this concept of positioning. And what they speak to is the significance of our brand's position in the potential client's mind. It's not just our position in the market. You know, if, if yeah. we are able to establish a very clear brand position and message, we can, um, and I, I don't remember where this phrase comes from, what book, but we can essentially stand on a hill and this hill represents this particular idea. It could be, you know, I'm a, I'm a black and white, uh, I'm a wedding photographer who only photographs skateboarders in black and white. I mean, that, that's a really specific mm -hmm. hill that I could stand on and it would certainly narrow my potential client field and filter out a lot of people, but I'm ultimately going to be very easily known for that particular thing because that's all mm -hmm. I do. It also makes my effort at marketing so much easier because I know exactly who I'm marketing to. I know the style of ads that I want to create. It's going to affect the, the type of copy that I write because it's so specific. So specificity, um, it, it, in some ways, it may stress a lot of photographers out to consider having to break their existing brand into multiple brands, but it might actually simplify things uh, I think on, it would. on multiple levels. Yeah, I really think it would. Then I could you know, be able to really focus in on weddings and what makes me unique and colorful and different from my market in that way. And then be able to have this other space where I can showcase my commercial work and figure out, you know, my niche in that as well. I think that would be ideal. And I've played around with it before about, okay, do I have a landing page? And then you go either to weddings or commercial, you know, so that you can just like see that I do both, but then if you're looking for one thing, you go just in that direction or are they separate brands? It's something that I've been tossing around for a while and I'm excited to really figure out maybe and, and try. And so actually, you know, let's test it out. Let's break it up. Let's be specific. Like, is it working? Yeah. Well, and a lot of that will depend too on, you know, what percentage of your existing brand consists of wedding and portrait photography versus commercial photography. Do you have a rough idea of that right now? Yeah, I think it's about 60-40. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's, so, that's a pretty significant yeah, amount. Yeah, okay. and I just haven't been showing it a lot because hmm. I've worried about <laughs> it being complicated and muddled. Right. Um, so, yeah, So and, I, and I've been growing it in that direction. And I'd really like it to be more 50-50 for a while, or especially like you're saying, like if I have a team and I'm able to curate the weddings that I do, so maybe I'm only doing 12 a year of like the very perfect for me you know, I am the owner shooting your wedding part and then having that team underneath me to be doing more so that I can focus on more commercial editorial or yeah, like how do I, how do I want to break it up and focus? And, and that's a great question. And I mean, this is a great example of what I suggested earlier today, which is 
it, this, this could very well just be the starting point, right? We have these conversations. Yeah. We're kind of brainstorming out loud yeah. um, with, with the record button. Um, we hit the record button and, and just had a conversation about it. And I love, I love that we're able to do that. And I think for all of our listeners, this is, this will hopefully give you a good idea of maybe some of the questions that you're going to want to ask yourself, some of the research that you're going to want to do in your market. And this could be whether you're getting ready to start a photography business, a brand new business now, or you have an existing business. Establishing clarity in your brand position and message will make it significantly easier for you to market and ultimately build your business. Um, but it takes asking the right questions. It takes doing the right research and ultimately mm -hmm. creating a certain level of awareness to then enable you to be able to create the distinct brand position and message necessary to, to move forward more effectively. So um, I, I think it's a great starting place, Ashley, our conversation today. And, and maybe we can kind of do a part two and come back and see where you're at, say, in the next yeah. two, three months or six months even. Um, I, I personally... If you do end up going with just the or separating the two brands and focusing mm -hmm. one brand on portrait and wedding, the other in commercial, I love this idea of capturing your memories in vibrant color. Yeah. Um, you're speaking to the significance of your mission to to capture memories for potential clients, but doing so very specifically in vibrant color. And there might be a different way to, to even phrase that. Um, but it speaks really to the like significance that. of that vibrancy, that the saturation that you were talking about earlier of your color imagery and building your whole, your whole site around that would be mm -hmm. awesome. But if they were to land on that homepage and see that first and then see images that back up that idea and they go to your Instagram yes. feed and they see images that back up that idea further there and everything focuses around this high energy vibrancy, it's going to play off your personality really well. And I think it could be a really great thing. Yeah, I love that. I already have people now that have said like, oh, I got to your site and then I knew like that's what I was looking for. And I I love that. Like that is what I want to hear more of. And I just had this vision in my head while you were talking about having that mission statement and then being able to see the rest of the site back it up. Like I'm imagining one of those sliders where it's like a black and white photo and then you slide and it's my color and you can really see yeah. that contrast and really see like, oh, like, this is what color is like as an experience, as yes. a user on the site, I think yes. that would, that would just drive it home. And then people even more so would think Ashley when they think color. I love it. I, I like, I like that you're already just brainstorming and, and kind of yeah. figuring out where this might go. Um, I, I really appreciate you making time to have the conversation today and hopefully in some way it was helpful to you. And, and I hope for those of you listening in that this was in some way valuable to you as well. We're going to continue to have these conversations. In some cases, they're going to be largely brainstorming sessions. In some cases, we may <laughs> land on a clear brand position statement. Um, but either way, this is an important point of conversation in our effort to market and ultimately build our business. And, and I really appreciate you contributing to it, Ashley. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. It's so refreshing to be able to talk to an industry peer and someone that is doing so well. And I really appreciate all of your feedback. And this is so just so helpful. And the conversation that I've been having in my head and now being able to really get it out there and do this brainstorming and now start to try these different tactics. Awesome. Well, for everybody listening in, make sure you go to bocapodcast.com. You can see any of the show notes related to our conversation today. Um, you can also listen to some of the other episodes around this topic of brand position. Just go to boca, B-O-K-E-H, podcast.com. Thanks again, Ashley, and uh, good luck with this new venture. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? 
And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U dot com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>